Hey, hello, it's me, John Park, and now I've got my audio up. Uh, this is Make Code Live with me, John Park. I suddenly realized, hey, wait, I had taken the mic volume down a second ago. It didn't just go back up on its own. You gotta do that part. Uh, so welcome. Uh, I have a very fun project. I think it's pretty cool and actually really useful uh, that we're gonna build today on Make Code Live. Uh, this is going to use the Circuit Playground Express, as you can see right there in the simulator. Uh, and uh, you can head on over to makecode.adafruit.com slash beta if you want to follow along. Uh, I think most, if not all, of these features would work in the regular version, but I'm going to use the beta because I like it, especially the... Um, code folding or, or block collapsing that we can do in there, as well as uh, code formatting and a couple other neat uh, interface tricks. Uh, and let's see, what else? You know what, let me double check and see if we're uh, uh, streaming live and healthy over uh, to YouTube and Mixer. I'm gonna pop open a Mixer channel. We've got our Discord uh, channel live and healthy and uh, Thank you to C. Grover, who said I can push the volume level up a little bit. Uh, that, yeah, that looks pretty good. I, again, I'm not always sure if uh, my output in OBS is the same as, uh, as what it says. It seems to be shy by about 3 dB, 3 decibels. Uh, all right, so I'm going to jump to a mixer view real quick just to see uh, if we're streaming healthily there. Pop over. So if you're viewing this on the um, Make Code Mixer, it's mixer.com slash make code. And I want to keep an eye on the chat there as well. So, uh, all right, good. It looks like we're live and healthy. Okay. Well, thank you for uh, putting up with this setup. Uh, always takes some doing. So uh, let's see. So the project this week, I'm going to talk about the project a little bit. Um, and... Then I've got a team member video that I'm going to show from Microsoft uh, Make Code researcher Michal Moscal. Uh, and then we'll dive into the project itself and look at how it's built, look at the blocks, maybe do some customization. Uh, and uh, so the project, I was talking to my son yesterday and I said, uh, What kind of project should I build this week using uh, maybe a Circuit Playground Express and Make Code? We brainstormed a little bit. Uh, and he came up with the idea of creating a volume knob for the computer or any other USB device that takes a volume input uh, over HID USB and use the Circuit Playground Express um, accelerometer so that we can just tilt the, the Circuit Playground Express to change the volume either up or down. Uh, in fact, <clears throat> let's have a look uh, at that setup real quick. You can see right here move my camera. Uh, I've taken my Circuit Playground Express and I've bolted it to uh, using the little Circuit Playground Express case. This has a camera tripod quarter and 20 threaded um, insert in the back so you can hook it up to a tripod and you'll see as I uh, turn this it's actually adjusting the brightness. So that's my range of motion from zero to full volume. And as I'm doing that, it's actually changing the volume on my computer. Now, I shouldn't be hearing anything right now. Um, so neither will you, I hope, or 
maybe I blew your ears off, which I, for which I apologize. Uh, so that's the idea behind it. And what we're going to do is we're going to look at coding it. And then I'll show you a, maybe a better demo where you can see and hear things happening on my iPad here because uh, we can plug that right in as well. Uh, so that's going to be our project, a volume knob using Circle Paragon Express with interactive lighting uh, and customization. Uh, so, but as promised, before I jump into that, let's take a look at the uh, Make Code Team Member of the Week video. Hello, my name is Michal Moskal, and I'm with the Microsoft Research side of the Make Code team. Uh, I've been in this project since the very beginning, and I uh, mostly do things like uh, the compiler, which turns the code that you write, either in blogs or TypeScript or in Python, into um, into the code that runs on the on the on the devices on the hardware devices or in the web browser, uh, and also on the runtime system, um, which kind of supports that uh, and so forth. And today I'm going to show you uh, the memory profiling feature of MakeCode. Sure. Uh, it's a simple program here that does a uh, duck rain, where ducks fall off the sky. Uh, so we create a duck. Uh, every 500 milliseconds, we set it in a random position at the top of the screen and have it fall down at the speed of 100 pixels per second. Uh, now, what you can see about this program is that it keeps creating new sprites, but it never deletes them. And, um, and that is going to cause trouble if you run the program on a, uh, on a hardware device. In the browser, you, you you would need to wait like a year for it to run out of memory, but um, on a hardware device, it will be much faster. So how do you diagnose those problems while you're still in the web browser? Well, that's what the second bit here is about. Every 500 milliseconds, we are, we are going to do a hip snapshot. Okay, so how does that look like? Well, to see those hip snapshots, we need to look at the JavaScript console. And to get to the console, you can like right-click somewhere, for example, on the simulator, and um, and show the uh, and and click right-click inspect, and then switch to console. So here we can see the output on the console, and this is the output of that heap snapshot, right? So um, so you can see every heap snapshot starts with the list of threads of execution. Um, which is maybe not so interesting. Then it lists the summary of the objects that you have. So there's 139 sprite objects at this point, one image object and so forth. And here on the left, there is the size, there is the total size of those objects as they would have on the hardware, if you run, run that program on the hardware. So we kind of tend to be interested in the biggest one at the bottom. So you see that there is 139 sprites, which probably means that we are creating too much sprites. But sometimes it's not so obvious. Um, so here, uh, there is a list of large objects. Um, so the sprites are actually, it, every sprite is not so large, but there's lots of them, so they take lots of memory, but there are some other large objects that you might be interested in. But really the interesting bit here is where we see new, new objects. So every, 500, 500, uh, every five seconds, you're going to see the list of new objects created. And here you can see, and that were not destroyed in the meantime. So here you can see actually that there is a, 10 new sprites created over the five seconds, and this is the problem, right? So if you run your game, you usually should see no new objects being created continuously. And here, every five seconds, we would see 10 new uh, sprite objects being created. So 
This is a very simple example, so it's actually also very simple to fix. How do we fix it? Well, we need to make sure that the flag, that the sprite is destroyed uh, when it leaves the, the screen. And we have a way of doing that. So if I search for flag here, uh, there is this set my sprite to stay in screen. I, I need to change that to auto destroy and set it to on. And now if I run my program, so it's running again, and we see those screens, uh, those heap snapshots appearing here, and there are no new objects on every frame. And this is how, how it should look like, right? no new objects. And, um, and you see, this kind of keeps updating and there are still no new objects. Now, this is documented under makeo.com slash js slash profiling uh, if you want more information. Okay, thank you. Sorry about that, just realized my volume was down, oh no. Uh, so jumping back real quick, a thank you to Michal uh, for doing the explanation of tracking down memory uh, issues in arcade games. It's gonna be really huge help for people who are doing um, arcade games on hardware since they'll play with full um, memory available on your computer, no problem, but sometimes you'll run out of memory on a device like the Pi Gamer or the Pi, uh, Pi Badge. So that's going to be really helpful. And uh, also my apologies to Michal. I had a typo in, in your name until halfway through and I, I fixed that. So shoot. Um, thank you, Fede, too, over in the Discord channel and probably uh, people in other, uh, other chats for, for pointing out that uh, my volume was off. Um, okay, so moving on now, uh, let's talk about this volume knob project. So the first question in being able to use um, a hardware device like the Circuit Playground Express to control the volume on a computer or a mobile device uh, is how do you do that? So um, the first key to this is adding this extension called keyboard. So if you look inside of my uh, make code session, you'll see I've got a category here called keyboard. 
And the way I got that was by adding the extension. So if you look down here at extensions, uh, you can click there and you can add an extension. I've already got the keyboard extension installed, so you won't see um, that available in this list since it's already installed, but it's uh, actually related to and similar to this mouse one. Uh, so I clicked and added keyboard, and then that will show up in this category section over here on the left. Um, what we can do with the keyboard, if we click on this, uh, I think we've looked at this before and used it for things like typing in uh, a letter or a word, but you can also use it for these uh, multimedia functions. So if you look here at keyboard, media, mute, press, I'm going to bring that block in. Uh, and you'll see in the dropdowns, we actually have a nice list of what are considered media controls or consumer controls in the uh, HID, which is human interface device, the HID descriptions. Um, and so things like volume, up and down, uh, play and pause, stop, uh, previous track, next track, these are often buttons that you'll find across like a top row on a keyboard, or maybe they're sharing uh, space with the function keys and you can use uh, a modifier to use one or the other. Uh, and so that's how often you'll just click a button several times to up, up, up the volume or down, down, down the volume. Uh, and this also then has some web uh, search buttons and a, a thing that'll bring up your calculator, your mail. Uh, so these are some standardized um, uh, messages that you can send over a USB keyboard to your operating system. Um, so this will control operating system wide volume. It's not for an application, it's just for your operating system. Uh, and then we have the option to either press up or down. Uh, so it can happen when you press or just on down or just on up. Uh, so I can get rid of that one there because I already have some in use. So uh, now let's take a look at the idea of using this um, Circuit Playground Express as a rotary knob. So again, if I drop back over to my webcam view, uh, you'll see here, let me reset this. It has a accelerometer in it and I'm measuring what's considered the Z axis of the accelerometer. And so right now that z-axis is pointed down uh, and we get a negative value and then we'll get a positive value up until its maximum. I think this runs roughly from negative 1023 to positive 1023 uh, values or little variations. And uh, as I'm doing this right now, I am changing my output volume, uh, which shouldn't affect us crossing fingers, uh, but I'm also seeing this visual feedback of the lights brightening so that I know uh, that it's happening besides just hearing it, I can see it. Um, so let's take a look at uh, in MakeCode how we do those things and how we string together a few different uh, tools and ideas to build this project. Um, so the first thing I'll do is take a look at my uh, on start block, which I have collapsed right now. So let's open that up. And uh, you'll see in here, I can zoom up on this, a few things going on. So I've mentioned this before in uh, these Make Code Live videos. I like to uh, create some variables for uh, values or numbers that I'm going to be using elsewhere in the program. 
during what I consider to be the setup phase. In, in this on start block, this is a loop of code blocks that will run just one time when you restart the device or you restart the program here in the browser. Uh, so what happens on start? We're going to create a variable that's called volume steps. I called it vol steps. So volume steps, and I've set this number to 15. So what this is, is I actually looked in, I'm using a Macintosh uh, computer here, a laptop. And when I press the volume up or the volume down keys, there are actually 16 uh, steps from what I'd consider zero to 15, or you could think of it as one to 16. But uh, for the purposes of the computer program, usually we'll start on zero. So I'm saying there are 15 steps uh, and I noticed we went and checked this out on a Windows machine on my son's computer, and he actually had 50 steps when he pressed his. So on the Windows machine, uh, each time you press, it actually adds two to the volume slider, and the volume slider goes from essentially zero to 100. Uh, so roughly 100 steps, but it's each time you press the button, it's two of them. So we would use a step size of, of uh, 50 if that were the, the case for using a, a PC. And I'll show you a variation on this project where I have uh, accounted for a couple of presets. Um, now, interesting thing is if you use some other interfaces on the computer, like there's a touch bar, uh, or you can click and drag a volume slider in the interface, it's a more finely graded or graduated or stepped slider. So you, you can fine tune things. But if you're just clicking the, the button, you get essentially 16 steps from mute to 15. Um, so I'm going to use that because I want to keep track of how many times I've pressed the virtual up button, the volume up button, as I rotate my knob. So I need to go between zero, which is mute, and 15, which is full volume. So since I'm going to use that number a couple of different places, I like to have it as a variable right at the start, and then I can use it elsewhere, which we'll see. Uh, the next thing I'm doing is setting uh, a state of readiness. And I'm saying at the beginning of this, I'm not ready. So how I'll use that, we'll see in a second. Uh, but it's essentially saying there's a, there's a section of the program that I don't want running right away. Uh, and so since that section of the program is meant to normally run all the time, just don't start right away, I'm going to use a condition that says, if this ready variable is set to false, then don't go. Don't, don't do that section. So we'll, we'll take a closer look at that in a moment. Um, and the way that you create these variables, by the way, if you're, if you're new to make code, is over in this variable category, uh, we have a nice big button at the top that says make a variable. So I can create a new variable. Uh, I'll call this test variable. Um, it now joins this uh, dropdown that's in a couple of these, and it shows up as an individual variable that you can use elsewhere. So if I bring in, uh, let's say this set, the test variable to something or other, and I bring in test variable. Those are the kind of the two main pieces I'll use. And there's also a change variable because sometimes you'll be changing what that variable means later on in the program. Uh, so that's how I created those. And then to create a uh, value that's not just a number, because by default, this has a, a slot that you can enter in a, a number in there or text as well. Um, I'm going to use from the logic category down at the bottom, there is a true and a false block. And so I grabbed uh, 
Probably, honestly, I grabbed the true block and then switched it to false just because I often do it that way. But both are available. Uh, and, and they're just variations on the same block. So that's how I created this set ready to false. And like I said, we'll see in a little, little bit how that's used. Uh, the next is, again, a, there's a number that I'm going to use elsewhere, uh, or not only am I going to use it elsewhere and maybe multiple times, but I want one place to go and tune it when I'm changing the code. So if there's a user editable um, parameter, if, the, if I expect a user to use this code and maybe adjust um, something to tune it to their liking, I like to put those things right in this on start block. Uh, and that makes it clear where you can go and change things. And you can even add comments to these. So it's a good practice. Let me show you this. If I, um, if I wanna just leave this program as it is, but give a little note uh, to a user, a potential user, I can right click on a block and add comment. And now I can add a comment. You can see it even has a little flag tail that points to the block that it pertains to. And here I can say, uh, 15 for Mac, 50 for PC. Uh, so you can put a short little note like that. If you minimize it, it still uh, shows up that there's something there that'll, that'll highlight when you hover over it and then you click it and pop it back out. If you wanna get rid of one of those, you can click the trash can and it goes away. Um, so there's my max brightness. And what this is gonna be is how bright do the NeoPixels get? So the NeoPixels can go from zero to 255. Uh, I think the default is about 20, uh, and 20 is plenty bright. 255, don't look at it. It's retina searing. So uh, I'm setting it fairly bright, and you saw in, in this um, webcam view here, it does get pretty bright as I, as I turn this up. You can see that's, that's plenty bright. You can see the reflection on my hand there too. Uh, so I'm setting whatever that maximum value is right here to be uh, could be 20, could be 10 if you're in a darkish room. I set it to 35, that worked pretty well. Uh, then I actually use that variable immediately. And I will use it elsewhere, uh, otherwise I wouldn't have gone through all this, but uh, I am gonna use it immediately and set before I've lit up any NeoPixels, which are the LEDs that run around the circle uh, around the board, I'm gonna use whatever that variable was, max bright, and set that to be my maximum brightness. Then I'm immediately gonna light up a pixel. So if I run this program right now in the simulator, uh, you'll see now I have a big Circuit Playground Express head. Hello. Uh, you'll see that this NeoPixel here is lit up. Uh, so that lit up on start. Uh, and the way I lit that up was it's NeoPixel 2. So this is indexed from zero as the first one. And then it goes counterclockwise to one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Uh, the color here I've set to green, which you can't see right now because I have my uh, green screen on. If I turn off the Circuit Playground, or rather the Make Code green screen. Oh, no, you know what? You still won't see it because I'm knocking out green screen in, in OBS. So <laughs> that green is a pure green and it's exactly the one I'm knocking out. So you don't, you don't see that one when I pick it. Uh, we can try to pick a different color here. And you'll see there's the green. It's just always knocked out and showing what's whatever's behind us. Hello. Uh, so that the reason I'm lighting that green is that I want the user to uh, press that button to start. So when we start the program, you'll you'll see if I jump back over here again to my uh, webcam view, 
this button indicates that, well, it's ready. It's, or, or it's waiting, rather. It's waiting for me to do something. Uh, it's not going yet, so I'm gonna click the nearest button and that'll, that'll start the program. Uh, so what happens next? Let's have a look at what happens when we, when we click that button. So uh, I'm gonna move this forever block out of the way. I'm gonna actually minimize or collapse the start block. And let's take a look at what happens on this on click button. Uh, so I'll, I'll scroll off to the side there in a second so we can see this big long one and what's going on there. But uh, to start with, I'm gonna set all the pixels to a sort of light blue color. So uh, when we're gearing up, it's gonna set all the pixels to light blue. And then I'm going to dim those pixels down to zero. Uh, and I'm doing this partly so that the user knows that the volume is being set down to zero. Uh, and they're gonna hear it or they're gonna see the indicator on the computer if it's plugged into something. Uh, and they're also gonna see these lights dim down. And the reason we're doing this is there is no absolute volume adjustment of your computer, of your, your uh, iOS or Android device. There is not a USB HID command uh, that sends a percentage of maximum volume. So there's nothing that says tell the volume to be at 50% or tell it to be at 75%. It's always relative. Uh, so relative to wherever you've left the volume on your computer, this knob is going to send up and down signals. Um, and you can probably see there's immediately a problem with this uh, because there's no way for the Circuit Playground Express and this Make Code program to know where I've left the volume. Uh, so if this is to go maximum volume when I turn it to the, to the right and sort of straight up and down and go to the minimum when I turn it upside down, it might be way off. So for example, if this starts out and I've got the knob in the halfway position, but my volume was set to zero on my computer, as I turn right, it's only gonna raise it halfway. So I'll get to 50% instead of 100%. So what I decided to do to solve this is immediately on, on uh, start, when we hit this button rather, when we arm the system and, and say we're ready, uh, as soon as we're ready, what it's gonna do is it's going to drop the volume down to zero. And then it's gonna set all my NeoPixels uh, to essentially the lowest brightness value, zero. Um, this essentially calibrates things or readies my system so that I'm in a known state. Uh, let me move this out of the way. Hold on. I have a way of dealing with wide program. I'll just put it on my forehead. Um, so in order to lower the volume down to zero, what I do is I essentially hit that, I send that uh, volume down command the full uh, step range, which is 15 in this case. So if it was at five, it doesn't matter. I'm still gonna hit this button all the way. And there's no uh, downside to this. You can have your computer sitting at a volume level of two and you can press your volume down button five times. It'll still just stay at mute. So there's, it doesn't wrap negative or anything like that. Uh, it doesn't create a sound vacuum, which would be amazing. Um, so it's a bit of a hack, but what it does is it puts my computer into a known state so that the Circuit Player on Express then will operate based on this relative setting of I know we're starting at zero. Uh, so 
after I've set the pixels to blue, we're then using this uh, loop to go through uh, essentially 16 times. So from zero to the number of steps, which I have set to 15. Uh, so for each of those steps, we're going to do the following. We're going to press this keyboard media volume down button. So that's one click down on that, that little ticker. Uh, then we're going to lower the brightness. And the reason this is so sort of lengthy here is I'm setting the brightness on each step. What I do is I remap the current volume steps setting. Uh, so initially this is going to be 15 because volume steps is 15 according to my on start block. That's where we start out 15. Uh, and then the index to begin with is zero. Index is a uh, variable that increments one each pass through this loop. So it's going to go, it's going to be equal to zero, one, two, three, four, five, six, up to 15. So what we're going to do is remap that number, which starts out as 15. And we're going to take a range that goes from zero to the number of steps. And we're going to remap that from zero to 35, which was my max brightness variable that I set back during startup. So this essentially uh, slices up the number of steps to dim between zero and 35 into 15 or 16 uh, discrete slices to get down to zero. Uh, the reason, uh, one of the reasons I've set this up this way is that we will be able to change that number of maximum uh, brightness step, uh, maximum brightness, and the, the number of steps we're using for when we're on the Windows PC, <clears throat> excuse me, and none of this code will have to change. We can, we can make our changes to the variables at the startup. Uh, and then I make a little bit of a pause. Uh, it's good with, with some of this USB stuff to, to put a little pause between keystrokes sometimes, just in case uh, you flood that USB buffer, you might miss some some key presses. So it takes a tiny little pause, four milliseconds. Uh, so that happens uh, 15 times. So we'll see the, the brightness drop down. And it happens pretty quickly because four milliseconds isn't a lot of time and these are quick uh, to run. Uh, then what I'm doing is I have a new variable that I'm creating called key presses and I set that value to zero. And I'll show you a second how I'm using that. Excuse me. <clears throat> Uh, and then I finally, I'll tell you what we're using this key presses for in, in a second when we get to the sort of meat of the, of the code, the bulk of it. Um, but a hint is it has something to do with knowing how many steps we have to go to, to move up or down and match the uh, orientation of the circuit Grand Express. Uh, and then I'm going to set that ready variable to true. And all that does is it allows this to finally happen. So the forever loop, I said there's a, there's a big bulk of the code. I'm going to move this down here. So this forever loop, it wants to run all the time. Uh, normally, it'll just do everything that's in that code uh, at every moment of, of the code running. Uh, so the way I stop it from just immediately starting starting up without getting through my little calibration uh, reset here is everything in the forever loop is actually encapsulated in this if ready. Uh, so what that means is if ready is the same thing as saying if 
the variable ready is equal to true or has a value of true. Uh, remember, we set that to false back here in startup. I can leave this open now, in fact. Uh, and I'll move my button over here. How about, don't want to throw it away. Whoa. Uh, so remember, initially the ready state is set to false. Uh, it's only after we've pressed the A button that it switches that ready state to true. And now all of this good stuff in here can start running. So that if ready uh, becomes true when we press the A button, go through the calibration. And now we start um, really sending, sending uh, the uh, program into overdrive, figuring out the rotation or the orientation of the actual device using the built-in accelerometer. It's a tiny little chip that knows which way it's facing. Uh, and uh, the first thing we'll do is I've got this uh, variable called volume level. And what I'm going to do, uh, this is a lot of code here, but let's, let's break it down. So what I'm using this for is to take whatever the output of the accelerometer's y-axis is and remap those numbers, which I said earlier, they run roughly from negative 1023 to positive 1023. That's the range of, of the raw output from that, uh, from that chip and its driver. Um, I'm going to take that, that, and I've actually found just through experimentation that these numbers work a little better for me is negative 1000 to 890. Um, I'm going to take those numbers and I'm going to remap them to a range of zero, which will be mute at the bottom end, and a rate, uh, a, uh, a number of 16, uh, 15 in this case, which is the number of volume steps. So let's take a look. You can see in action by using this console log value block, I can see what that variable is as I turn the knob. So I'm setting this variable called volume level. And this is a way of essentially turning accelerometer numbers into volume step numbers. So like I said, that would be 0 to 15 on the Mac and 0 to, I guess, 48, right? 0 to 48 on the PC. Uh, that one's trickier because it's in increments of 2. So what I'll do is bring back the simulator here. And on my, uh, let's see, you can see all of this at once if I switch views. So on my... Um, Circuit Playground Express. I'm going to engage or start. You can see it just ran through that fade and it dropped the volume down to zero on my computer. It, it pressed uh, that button, that virtual button. It pressed it 15 times. Uh, and now if I open up this show console, so you see this button that appears. This is because my Circuit Playground Express is, is connected over USB to the computer. I'm using Chrome browser and we have a web USB connection. It's paired. So I'm actually able to feed data right from this real Circuit Playground Express into this browser windows graph. So when I click on show console for the device, you'll now see there is a, I'm graphing a thing that I named vol and it has a value of zero. And now as I turn this up, you'll see that number is increasing and it'll make it all the way up to 16 or rather 15, 0 to 15. And as I'm doing that, uh, you might even see, can you see that? Yeah, I think you're seeing my volume. Uh, 
think you're seeing that. Yeah, you should be seeing my volume move up and down because it's showing up. Is that true? I, I can get confused <laughs> because I'm seeing my real computer. I'm seeing what I'm sending, but I think you're saying you're seeing that too. Uh, I'm going to look in the YouTube feed. Yeah, there it is. Yeah, you're seeing that. Uh, good. So that's a that's a nice uh, demonstration of how this is working. So uh, like I said, the raw values of this are actually negative uh, 1023 to positive 1023, but I'm remapping them so that I just get the number that I need to, to successfully adjust this volume up and down. Okay, so I'll set that all the way down to zero and it mutes. Um, if I go back one second to close that console, just click go back, um, and let me go back to the full view here. Uh, I'll show you a little bit of extra work that we needed to do in order to make that work well. Uh, and that is, you'll notice in this big long line here where I'm setting this variable called volume level, remap, we're, we're familiar with remap, that takes the accelerometer's value from uh, whatever my low and high is and, and remaps it to this zero to 15. The problem is the math there works out to be uh, decimal values or fractional values, which I can't use elsewhere. I need a whole number, an integer, to uh, work with this 15 set steps of volume presses that I want to use. Uh, so I've added this block. Everything is contained within this block that says truncate. Uh, and you'll see there are a few different helpful functions here that we can use to sort of clamp uh, numbers, there's a rounding, there's a ceiling, a floor, and a truncate. So the truncate essentially chops off anything other than the whole number. It turns a float or a decimal into an integer. Uh, it says here in the helpful tooltip, remove the fractional part of the argument. Uh, so that's how I'm getting a number that's useful. Okay, so console log value, that is only for development. I could get rid of that when I'm done because I don't need it to be um, thinking about that at all. It's only just while we're developing that I wanted to see those numbers. Um, now what I'm going to take a look at is uh, this set brightness. This is similar to how the set brightness worked before. It's taking whatever the volume level is, which is this number that we've just created or, or uh, mathed our way from the accelerometer into a nice 0 to 15 value. Uh, so when I set brightness now, I'm taking whatever the volume level is and I'm remapping it from zero to the number of steps uh, as its range to zero to the maximum brightness. So this is taking uh, any number from zero to 15 and remapping it from zero to 35. And that's because I wanted that maximum brightness to be 35. We could use the raw numbers zero to 15, but uh, I, I wanted it to get brighter. Um, so I also noticed it was at, at probably a brightness of one and two. It doesn't show up at all. It's just not enough current, I think, to, to power the NeoPixels. Uh, so by broadening this, the steps are bigger. The, the, the actual remapping steps are bigger. Um, let's see. So next thing I'm doing is a little bit of a pause here, uh, which again, I can't remember... Uh, what problem I was running into. But sometimes if you see these little pauses in here, it's just that the code was running faster than the USB key sends could deal with or the brightness change commands could deal with. And you'll, you'll, 
you'll see problems or it might not work. And so I solved these just with some little pauses, which is uh, not elegant, but it works. So there they are. Um, the next thing we're going to do is this is the kind of critical part for linking up the orientation with the number of uh, key presses. So what we do is, remember initially, when I start this up and hit the button, we set the volume down to zero. And I even set a variable called key presses, and that's set to zero. So right at that uh, moment when we've pressed the button, it allows those two to line up. The, the actual volume is at zero, the number of key presses is at zero. Um, so, so now what we do is we check and see, are those out of alignment with each other? If I start it up and have it pointed straight down, then they're gonna stay both, the, they're both zero. So the number of key presses starts out as zero and my volume level is at zero. Uh, so that means nothing will happen, which is good because it means that they're in agreement uh, and they don't have to do anything. So when we start moving the knob around, what's gonna happen is key presses is gonna stay at zero. Uh, there's nothing telling it to change, but the volume level will go up. So let's say we bring the volume level up to five. What's gonna happen now is these blocks are gonna check and they're gonna say, hey, key presses, is it less than five? Is zero less than five or is zero greater than five? Well, it's less than five. So we're gonna, excuse me, we're gonna run all the code that lives inside of here. Uh, and in fact, we're gonna keep running that until the numbers are in agreement. Uh, so keyboard media volume up press. So that means we're at zero on the number of key presses. Uh, the volume level is, is meant to be at five. In other words, that's where we've rotated it to. Uh, so we're gonna press that button and we're gonna increment the number of key presses variable by one. So now, uh, Volume level equals five, key presses equals one, and then we're gonna do it again, two, three, four, five. So it's gonna do it until those have no difference between them. And it works the same in the opposite direction. So if uh, we uh, get the volume up to, let's say the maximum, we're at 15, and then we start to rotate, well, rotation causes that volume level, uh, which, which you can think of as kind of the desired volume level, uh, where we're pointed. Uh, so we're pointed at, let's say, down at four, but the number of key presses variable is sitting up here at 15. So we're gonna drop by one and we're gonna press that button until we are in agreement again and now they're both sitting at four. Uh, and so the way we do that is again, we press the button, but in this case, it's the volume down button instead of the volume up button. We change the key presses by negative one, so it removes one from it. Uh, and then there's that little pause in there to, to keep the program from running too fast. Um, so I think it's time for a demo, an actual demo. So I'm glad you could see the volume uh, change icon showing up on my computer. Um, but let's take a look at it on my iPad where we can also hear it a little more easily. So what I'm gonna do is I will uh, switch over to this view and we can move some of this stuff out of the way. Uh, and now what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna unplug my Circuit Playground Express from my computer so you'll see the power goes off on it. It's powered over USB. And I'm gonna now 
take that USB cable and I'm gonna plug it into my iPad. I'm gonna to need to use this little uh, thing which is the USB to lightning uh, adapter. Apple calls these the camera connection kit, I think, still, because they're being stubborn about the fact that people want to use lots of different kinds of USB devices with their iPads. They pretend it's only for camera transfers, I think. So I'll plug that into the iPad, and sometimes you'll see the iPad will uh, tell you that the device isn't uh, there. It's, it said briefly the device isn't allowed on, on this iPad. Then it gave up and, and decided, okay, I'm fine. Um, so I'm going to... When I press this button, what you should see is the volume will go down. Okay, so it set ringer volume to, to zero. Uh, I'll play a song. And since a song is playing, the iPad will now change the actual volume of the device. So this, as it turns out, is is actually a really convenient volume knob. I was using this last night, and it's kind of nice uh, compared to hitting the buttons on your keyboard. So you can just you can mute it quickly by turning that. You can turn it up and down. Uh, now I mentioned that I had uh, some extra uh, customizations and, and features that we can uh, we can do. Um, and one of them, you don't see it in the code there, but I have it running on this one is, I decided I wanted to use the B button as a pause play button. Uh, so let's look back at uh, our circuit, or uh, our make code session. Let me go full view on that. Uh, and I'll show you how easy it is to add in uh, a new function. So what we'll do is, first of all, I'm gonna Format my code to bring it all close. Actually, let me collapse it first and then format it. I love this feature so much. Um, and so what I want to do now is I want to say, if I press the B button, then let's send the pause play um, command. So the nice thing is that the multimedia commands uh, of the HID keyboard um, standards, just consider pause play to be one command that is a toggle. So on the operating system side and on the application programming interface for the different software you're running, such as you're, you're playing a QuickTime movie or listening something on Spotify or whatever it is, um, they all just know to toggle their state. So if it's already playing and you send this command, it pauses. If it's already paused and you send this command, it plays which is great because that means that we don't have that problem we had before with the actual relative versus absolute volume of sort of um, calibrating ourselves or getting to a known state. We don't need it. So this is easy uh, by comparison. So what I'll do is I'm gonna go over to the input uh, category. I'll bring in another on button A click, somewhat confusingly, we already have one, but 
That's how you get this guy and drop down to all of your input choices on the Circuit Playground Express and make code. So I'll go to button B. And when button B gets clicked, I will run the keyboard. I'm going over the keyboard category, media, mute, press. Let's grab that. Uh, and then we're gonna pick a different dropdown. So some of this you just have to know or you gotta poke around. You gotta say, okay, keyboard media, I want pause play, but the only thing that looks even close says mute. Let's grab it, bring it in here and then look through the, the choices. So the choice here I want is called pause play. Uh, and we could do maybe a set all of the uh, LEDs a different color or something like that. But uh, I'm trying to remember, I, I already have that running. I have this variation running on my machine. In fact, you know what I'll do? I'm gonna open a different um, version of this make code script. This is the much fancier one. Uh, and let's look, let me uh, collapse and format and open the B click. Oh, I just did pause, pause play, so nothing, nothing fancy. Um, so let's go to the webcam and you can see this in action. Get some of this make code out of the way here. Um, So that paused. Uh, let me move my webcam a little bit and you'll see there's a little icon here on Spotify that'll change. And pause again. So we're at full volume, but paused or we can also mute it or lower it. Uh, so that was one change that I made. And then let's take a look at um, the other fanciness. So I mentioned, uh, I think what we're gonna do, let's, let's expand all the blocks and we'll format. Uh, so I'll just take a look uh, at the changes here. So a couple things. You'll notice I now am writing the little LED that's on the Circuit Playground Express. I'm turning that to, uh, on. It's a little red LED. I'm turning it on when I start out the program. Uh, the rest of that's the same. When I initially press the A button, instead of putting the code all in here, I've created a function. So I, I plan on using that same code a few places, so I don't want to duplicate it uh, multiple times. I instead create a function. So if we look at the function, it will look an awful lot like what used to be just in the A button. So it's setting pixels to blue, iterating through the number of volume steps, pressing the uh, down button, setting key presses to zero and setting ready state to true. Um, however, when I want to go between the different operating systems, I had mentioned I have uh, tried this on Mac and Windows. I think, I think I should change these actually to 15, and I think 48 on this one. Um, the, the addition here I have now is when I flip the little toggle switch, so we didn't use that before, but there's a slide switch. When I flip the toggle switch, what I want to do is again, uh, set my number of steps to the appropriate value for the operating system. So left, it'll do the 15 steps for the Mac, right? It'll do the 48 steps for windows. Uh, I'm turning that red light on and off just as an indicator to me. It's in Mac mode or it's in PC mode. And then I'm calling reset again. So we do that full, since we wanna get the numbers aligned instead of zero to 48, it's zero to 15. Uh, so we, we run through that reset process again. Uh, and then when we look at 
the main forever loop, nothing really has to change because everything is already based on this volume steps variable, uh, which I'm changing based on which operating system. So uh, I think what I'll do, you can actually see this in action. You should be able to just see it on my um, volume. Let's see, I'm gonna plug this back into my computer. Actually, you'll see it a little better. One second. Not a very convenient USB hub, okay. Uh, so when I start this up, let me move this out of the way. Uh, you should see, wait, how did I get that volume? How did I make that work before? I swear you saw, <laughs> you saw my volume knob changing and now I can't remember what I did. what I do? Does it work if we're over this video? Oh, you see it faintly, right? Uh, I bet if I, you know what? I'm gonna go to a gray background. You might see it better. Stand by. There you go. Okay, so you're seeing the, the volume knob and this is, um, let's see, can I make it so you'll see that and my webcam? Let me move this off to the side. I'm improvising here, so bear with me. Oh, not the webcam. Let's move the display capture. Okay, so you can see these at the same time now. Uh, so this is the default mode where uh, my Mac mode rather, where I've got 16 steps and that gives me the full volume range there. Uh, so what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna flip this uh, switch here and this is essentially resetting it, but where the number of steps is now uh, 48 because of Windows being two steps per step and it's a zero to 100. So now what you'll see is as I turn this, I'm gonna reach the maximum really quickly. So I've already sent it uh, the full 15 steps. Now it's sending that same key over and over again and nothing's happening because I'm on a Mac. But if I run a Windows, this would be sending the proper uh, value. So you can see that that gets out of whack quickly uh, until we change it back to Mac mode and it runs the reset and now they're in alignment again. Uh, and I think iOS was also 16 or 15 steps. So zero to 15 seemed to work. Uh, all right. so. That's enough tearing everything apart. Let me bring my green screen back in on make code. Uh, and so there we have it. We have a fully functioning volume knob uh, that works on pretty much any computer or iOS uh, or Android device that, that has a, uh, actually I haven't tested it on an Android device yet, but uh, you should because USB uh, HID keyboard commands are pretty standard. Uh, so that, uh, is gonna wrap it up. That is my uh, Make Code Live project for you this week. Uh, I will share the code right now. So I'm gonna just, before we go, I'll go back to, uh, which one is it? Volume knob, just, no, not five. This one, not this one, that one. There we go, whew. Uh, so what we can do is uh, head to the 
share button here. I'll publish the project. Uh, so you can use that QR code right now. If you click that, it'll take you to the project. Uh, I'll also copy this and I'll paste it into the different uh, chats there. If you wanna check that out, here it comes, all the chats. Uh, one more, I've got it going into Mixer, I've got it going into Discord, and I've got it going into uh, YouTube. So there you go, there's the, uh, there's the code for you if you want it. Uh, and you can definitely do some of this in the simulator, uh, but it's not going to uh, send the HID commands. It does not send USB commands to itself out of the browser, uh, at least not any way I know of. But you can do things like look at uh, the simulator's version of uh, the graph as you, as you try at different values and map them and so on. Uh, we can even switch this over to, now it's gonna go zero to Oh, that's the wrong wrong one. Let's go back real quick. Almost out of time, but here we go. So if we look at the knob five version, that's my one that has the Windows um, code in it. If I turn that on and flip this switch, we should be now uh, zero to 50 mode. Yeah. So that's what that's, that change is doing, essentially. It's just changing the number of steps. Uh, all right, well, that uh, about does it. I think we're out of time. Uh, so thank you so much for stopping by to Make Code Live with me, John Park, and uh, I will see you next time. Thanks so much, and bye-bye.